This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai. There's joy in every journey. Oh, if that doesn't get you fired up for a football Friday, what does, Joe? That was my gift to you. Welcome to Bechdel <laughs> Daily, presented by BetMGM, Aaron Hawksworth, Joe Ostrowski, Jim Rodriguez, a.k.a. J-Rod, or daddy as some like to call them we are here from 9 to noon eastern <laughs> on betql network you can listen to the show on the odyssey app you can watch us on twitch.tv slash betql and youtube and of course please follow us on x at betql daily joining us on the show as he does every friday our favorite prop better, John Daigle. He's also the vice president of the Nico Collins fan club. I am the president, so I can't wait to see what he's going to be betting on for this divisional round weekend. And, of course, we're not going to let this RG3 and Jay Gruden beef slide. We'll get to that in about 40 minutes and see whose side you're on. But first, Joe, finally, this is dragging out. Eagles head coach Nick Sirianni is finally going to meet with owner Jeff Lurie today. It's obvious Philly needs to make some drastic changes here. Will Sirianni be a part of those changes? Yeah, um, I think when you take a step back and think about what happened, like they, it was a no-show performance on Monday, Monday night. We all know that. But, and everybody says, pitchforks are out. Of course, Philadelphia media is going nuts. Fire the guy right now. You got to fire him. Got to fire him. But I think this is the right course. And what I mean is, all right, let's 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 start having our meetings, coach. You go figure out how we're gonna, what your answers are gonna be to my questions. And I think you you know my questions are gonna be: if you stay, what's the plan? Who are the coordinators that you're gonna be bringing in? Like, get your plan together over the next couple of days. We'll meet before the weekend, and then and then I'll have the weekend. To, to sit, let it marinate and think about everything that we're going to do moving forward. So I know it seems like they're act, they're, they're moving very slowly. What are they doing? Why aren't they responding to this? But it did play late on Monday night. So gave them a few days, figure out your answers to my questions. We'll talk and then we'll make a decision next week. Yeah, I always thought, listen, and, and by the way, the, the cat's out of the bag. Our man was in St. Martin's on vacation. So, so I guess if, if you think you're going to get canned, do you want your boss to have been on vacation before or after your meeting? I think you want him before. He's going to come back, tanned, relaxed, yes. you know, in a, in a better mood. All right, Nick, you're right, you're right. He's thinking about that little tropical drink with the umbrella. Uh, yeah, you're good. <laughs> but at the end of the day, Think about it, guys. I mean, okay, it's easy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like you said, Joe, the pitchforks. But who are you going to hire? Who are you going to bring in? 
is it Belichick? Really? Is it really going to be Belichick? Maybe Atlanta. I think, I think there, I think this is a very sound, prudent way. It doesn't make for great talk radio, but I think it's a prudent way to, to go about this and see what he's got in order. And you know, and the man was working on his tan. Yeah. You got to be careful. Sometimes those vacations can give you clarity though, too. So I might be a little scared, you know, how he's going to be coming into this meeting. But also, like, Sirianni got exposed. How much of that is the coordinator's fault? How much of that is his fault? Who exactly is Jalen Hurts? Is he the answer moving forward? I don't know if all these questions can be answered in just a few days, but there's going to be a lot to discuss in this meeting. There is. And, you know, there's a lot going on throughout the league with a lot of interviews and second interviews being scheduled. Like, Atlanta's going to meet with Belichick again. I... You know, all day we'll be breaking down these games. And I got to tell you, just to know in certain situations here with a couple of key coordinators playing this weekend, they're flying all over the country. And I know this happens every year. Like, I don't know how comfortable I'd be if I'm a Lions fan. I don't know about the situation with Slowick if I'm a Texans fan. Like, he's got four teams lined up in two days. Like, I know they need to be given an opportunity and they shouldn't be dinged for accomplishing everything they've done. And they've gotten to this point in the season. That's huge. And go get your opportunity. We don't want to stop you from being promoted. I understand all that. But as a better, if I'm a fan of those teams, I'd be concerned. Like Ben Johnson's talking to Carolina and Washington today. He's talking to the Chargers and the Seahawks tomorrow. What's his focus over the next 48 hours? Not, not the game. Not the game this weekend. So, I, yeah, it's, it's a tough one with this because these teams want to get these decisions made. They don't want to miss out on anybody. So, you know, mm-hmm. it's, man, but I, I, I'd be wondering about that if I'm a fan or if I've got money on those teams. Well, speaking of the games, I am so excited for divisional weekend. I mean, a little bit sad that, you know, it's winding down. The snow is dumping out here in DC. It's been snowing nonstop since 3 a.m. We've got close to a foot. Uh, How does this weekend rank in terms of sporting events and favorite betting weekends for you guys, J-Rod? You know, I always look at it as it reminds me like when I'm in the sports book or I'm in Vegas or shoot even at at my house in terms of how many times have I gotten up out of the couch? I think the NFL has done a wonderful job of turning the stadiums into studios so you don't ever have to leave. You know, I I, I love the fact that there's two games Saturday, two games Sunday and, and even now the one game on Monday. Um, I think the wild card and the divisionals are the best weekends because you're just constantly betting and there's always another game and there's always something tomorrow. I'm always kind of sad championship Sunday because it's, you got to wait all the way to Sunday and it's, it's only two games and, and, and then you got a week off before the Super Bowl. Yeah. So wild card and divisional, I, it's almost akin to like that first weekend of the NCAA tournament, right? I think, I think NCAA, first weekend of the NCAA tournament is probably the best. And then I would say second would be the wild card and divisionals only because it's two weeks in a row. You know, I think the NFL fell into something last week. The two, 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 three straight games, two playoff games. Like that might be something we're going to see moving forward. And people always talk about the two Monday night games. Problem is you have two teams that are going to have a disadvantage that won won the Monday games. We'll see how that plays out this year. First, because you said weekend, I think this is the best NFL weekend of the season. Sports weekend, 
what's above it, the first March Madness. Be, just because it's mm-hmm. all day, every day, and you're thinking about the next matchups, and and you're checking your futures, you're checking your brackets, <laughs> you're checking your survivors, like you still have all of that going on. So, and it's just because of the volume and the excitement and just so many games. There's always last second wins. Mm-hmm. I'd put March Madness ahead, but I don't think there's another weekend I would put above division around weekend. You know, you know what's, I'm what's low-key starting to be really good? That first the, when when now that the baseball playoffs have and you have, you have those days when you have four games, that's pretty good. When 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 both leagues are playing at the same time, the division series and you've got four games all day of baseball, I, I like that a lot. It's fine. Speaking of, Get, I'll take the draft. Our, our resident <laughs> Dodgers fine. fan. Oh. I yeah. guess you're fired up about Otani and uh, the future there in LA. <laughs> I'm, not, I'm not happy about $950 tickets and $75 Dodger dogs, but you know, man, you got to pay to get the man, I guess. <laughs> yeah. No, I, I agree I mean, with you guys. Divisional weekend is awesome. I'm looking forward to it. And I think what we love about March Madness is like all the upsets and how exciting that first week is. And I think there's, there's probably too many dogs I like, and it's scaring me for this divisional weekend. Saturday, you've got two nine-and-a-half-point underdogs, and I like them both to cover. So I think that's what makes this specific divisional round weekend so exciting. Yeah, yeah, we've got that element too. Um, I, I'm wondering, like, is this going to be, with the two quarterbacks you're referencing in those games, is this going to be the first of many playoff runs that we're going to see from those guys. Like that's always fun too. Like, yeah. are we seeing the next generation, a little bit of playoff quarterbacks? Are we seeing it with love? I'm not sure. Maybe. Um, I think most people believe that we are seeing that with Stroud for sure. I was thinking the same thing because I still think you're kind of getting value on those guys. And it's like, these are, this is the changing of the guard. These are the two guys we're going to start to see consistently in the playoffs. And we're going to talk about, remember when they were nine and a half point dogs, you know, I think right. it's going to be cool to see how this evolves over time. J-Rod. Yeah. I mean, I think the the one thing that I don't like is, is how big the numbers are, right? Both Saturday games, you, you nailed it. Nine and a half points. And, and I'm with you. I'm kinda, I kind of like the dogs in, in, in both those games, but it's going to be great to see the development uh, of, of CJ Stroud and Jordan Love. And, and also the fact that what really is going on in Houston, a rookie head coach, a rookie, you know, the number two pick, you know, we're, this is like, you know, 2012, I think, is the last time we saw a rookie head coach and a rookie quarterback make the playoffs. That was, what, Chuck Pagano and, and Andrew Luck. So it's good right. to see this stuff. And uh, and I love the fact that, that C.J. Stroud, he's, it seems like he's unflappable, right? And, they just, and they're not afraid to throw the ball all over the yard. And I think that's what they're going to have to do uh, on Saturday. But I love to see him slinging that rock. Yeah, I don't think it's going to be like last weekend. I mean, last weekend it was blowout, blowout, blowout. Then we finally got one competitive game. Um, I think these are going to be much more competitive. I know history tells us that. Teams sitting on the bye waiting for those wild card winners. They dominate. Will they both dominate? I, I'm at a point now where I would be surprised if both Baltimore and San Francisco win by double digits. Same. I was even thinking about with all these dogs – doing like an underdog round robin or even an mm. underdog 
money line round robin or it's getting getting crazy and doing something i think it would be fun did anyone think about something like that or am i the only one that likes as many dogs i guess we'll um, get to it coming up in the show i'm leaning more total I, there's one dog i really okay. like i like a lot of totals. You're a totals guy now we gotta discuss I just, this <laughs> i just we're seeing some scoring now and it's i feel better branding of it. joe ostrowski yeah, a little bit um or maybe i'm like <laughs> i don't trust either the dog or the favorite so i'm just gonna play the total because i feel i have a stronger opinion on the pace of a game so yeah i i just i just i'm always i guess i'm old school i I always feared dome teams going into the cold you know that was always the big narrative on peyton manning right that's why oh you're never gonna win because you always had to go to new england and this that and the other and then and now all of a sudden to have them go into that cold weather in in in, in baltimore doesn't seem like like you're gonna get it seems like all the snow and all the weather is happening before the games which is good uh, but right. it's still going to be cold. It's going to be like what twenty four degrees in Baltimore, and for and for the team that's played in domes, you know, more than half of their their games, it'll be interesting to see how how they react to that. Um, but yeah, and and the narrative of Lamar Jackson, I mean, the guy, you know, MVP, probably going to win it again. Not good in the playoffs, so I think that's going to be that's going to be a fun <laughs> game to, to to start off with. I agree, and we'll get to that coming up in the next segment. Most bet underdogs to win outright in terms of tickets. We've got number one, Packers, plus 350. Number two, the Texans, plus 350. The Chiefs are third at plus 120. And fourth, the Bucks at plus 220. Joe, do any of these surprise you? Um, Not surprising, because people remember what they just saw and Stroud is impressive and love is impressive. And, you know, the, the love one was just a massive underdog against the very popular Cowboys. Like it was funny that last this week, all these TV shows Monday, the highest ratings we've ever had. You know why? Cause everybody wanted to see you trash the Cowboys on Monday morning. Like it was unbelievable. Like all these talk shows on TV, the sports talk shows, Highest ratings, highest ratings, because they wanted to see you talk about the, the Cowboys getting their butts kicked, and it was phenomenal. Um, no, not surprising. People love Stroud. People are buying into the Packers and everything they've done offensively. It's like you totally forget they just gave up 30 points to the Panthers. They just lost to the Giants. Like It wasn't that long ago, but that's what happens. The funny thing that you mentioned, Aaron, is if you're going to ask me which dog do you like the most, I'd go with the least popular one, Tampa Bay. That's the dog that I feel best about of the four. Yeah. Let's bake. This is BetQL Daily presented by BetMGM. Coming up next, we begin our breakdown of the NFL Divisional Weekend with the Texans-Ravens matchup. All of our favorite plays up next. Welcome back to Becky All Daily, presented by BetMGM. Aaron Hawksworth, J-Rod, Joe Ostrowski with you, and it is time to look at the NFL Divisional Weekend. We are going to go game by game, and in this segment, we're going to look at the Texans at the Ravens. I'm so excited for this one. It's been, I think, since 2019 that the Ravens 
hosted a home playoff game in the divisional round. So this spread has been at nine and a half pretty much all week. Both of the games for Saturday are at nine and a half. Mark Andrews is official, officially questionable. He has not been ruled out. And then defensive end Jerry Hughes is out for the Texans. Joe, what do you like in this one? As far as side, yeah, having a difficult time with this one. Uh, the number is just jumping. Problem is, everybody seems to be on this number. Now, they're just not going to 10. I think the reason they're just refusing to cross that bridge to 10 is they know that's where the sharp money's coming in. Like, the public money is 100% on Houston plus 9.5 right now. But at 10, is sharp money going to come in? Maybe. I'm not hearing a lot of support either side for Baltimore, which I find really interesting for a lot of different reasons, right? Um, some of the senses, you forget about them a little bit. Lamar struggles in the playoffs, which we just addressed. He's one for three straight up and against the spread. The number's not good. He's thrown an interception in all four playoff games. He's uh, gone under 200 passing yards in three of four playoff games. Uh, extra rest. He has not been good. Uh, so all that comes into play. And then you got CJ Stroud just carrying the team. And it's not only are Stroud's numbers good, we're back to where we were in the entire first half of the season. We just not turned the ball over. I mean, that that's why they're in all these games. And when you're given a quarterback that has explosion, that has something going on with Nico Collins, the team believing and you're giving him almost double digits, and he's not turning the ball over, I understand why a lot of people are jumping on that plus nine and a half. Yeah, that's the key. I mean, zero interceptions for Stroud in, in his in his last six games, nine touchdowns, and 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 you nailed it. I mean, Lamar just hasn't been good in the playoffs. I mean, you know, he's one in three overall, and and even with rest. One in six against the spread with 12 days of rest. It's been 20 days since Lamar's taken the field. 20 days. And he's one and eight as a seven and a half point favorite or greater. Uh, I, I, I don't know. I, I, I like I liked the, the nine and a half. Um, I like the under and, you know, more than anything else. And I love a Ravens uh, under because all of Lamar's playoff games have gone under. And, and as we mentioned, you've got a dome team in Houston going out to the elements. It's going to be windy. It's going to be sub 30 degrees, 43 and a half. It's dropping. I think that's kind of the play there. Yeah. I mean, I like that. I also think like if the weather is a factor, it would not be ideal for CJ Stroud. I know like the trends with Lamar in the playoffs, but I also think this year could be different. Like I'm not going to look too much into that. And I think he probably is motivated to do well in the playoffs and remind everyone why he bet on himself and got that big contract finally. So I don't think he's just going to be a no show. Um, but I do think the Texans will cover the nine and a half or hopefully 10. Um, so I will be on the Texan side here. I mean, the Texans are good. Both of these teams rely on the run game, especially if we're getting some weather. That'll be interesting. But, you know, as we've been talking about Joe most of the week, the Texans have been pretty good at defending the run. Um, six in rush yards allowed per game, 94.4 per team ranking. So I think this is going to be a fun matchup. Yeah, yeah, but the Ravens are also elite at running it. So 
which side has the advantage there. It's tough. They're third in rush EPA on the season. And uh, that's a strength on strength matchup for sure. Here's, mm-hmm. here's another thing that came out with yesterday's final injury report. That's really good for the Texans. Marlon Humphrey's out. That's official. There's no waiting until yeah. 90 minutes before the game. He's out and their pass defense has struggled without him. So, you know, the Ravens in that defense scheming things up to stop most likely Nico Collins, right? Are they going to be able to do that? You would think that they would, but without Humphrey, I think that I'm I'm throwing that into question. It's like, I see why people are back in the Texans. You, you line a lot of things up and it's like, okay, that's good for Houston. That's good for Houston. My only question is the weather because I'm at a point with the total. Like, okay, the weather doesn't look too extreme. Now the total's gone from 46, now down to 43 and a half. And I have trust in the Ravens. I have trust in Stroud putting up points, no matter what the game script is. Close game, blowout, he can get his. I, I'm looking at the over in this game if, if the wins are not a major factor. Seems like they're going to be 25 to 30 mile per hour winds uh, on Saturday. So they could be a factor in about 15 to 18 degrees. So it's not going to be good. Uh, Temperatures will fall into the 20s late Saturday. So, hmm, seems like maybe Devin Singletary. uh, (laughs) Well, the Ravens going to have a big game. The the Texans 8 0 to the under on the road this year, all mm-hmm. road mm-hmm. unders. So that's something else to consider. Although I think they're going to throw the ball. I, I, you can, you know, for as great of the defense as the Ravens have, um, you know, number, number one, uh, you know, six, what it's 16 and a half points a game. Number one is that Ravens defense. You can throw on them. And I think CJ Stroud to me as, as a better forget about who's going to win as a better. I, I like Stroud pass attempts. I like yards that he's going to get. I think they're going to get those chunk plays. Now, will they be able to punch it in from the from the red zone? Maybe that's where the Baltimore defense gets stout. But I think they'll be able to matriculate down the field. Um, the question is, will they be able to punch it in? Also, C.J. Stroud played at Ohio State, and Nico Collins played at Michigan. Maybe right. they won't be too scared of this uh, weather <laughs> in Baltimore. Okay, I know it's become a bit on the show. But is Nico Collins 77 and a half not like something that's appetizing? He's I mean, the only, I think he's the John guy. Nagel will be on board. He no is Marlon the guy. Humphrey, why now not? That Tank... Yeah, I think so. Run it back. I have to. I have to. Yeah. <laughs> you know, and the Stroud numbers. Okay, so he's 238 in yards. The passing touchdowns, which he surpassed the last two games. Mm-hmm. One and a, over one and a half is plus one sixty. I like, love that. I was on that, that last just... week on Friday. I it's one yeah. of my favorites. And, and I just, I, you know, I thought this might hurt him, you know, as a rookie. But now that I think about it, Ohio State outdoors, like this guy doesn't seem to be phased by any challenges he's faced so far this season that if any young quarterback could acclimate to this weather, it's going to be him. Yep. Right. I agree. And 
you know, and, and I and I think what we're 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 forgetting here is D'Amico Ryan. He's a defensive guy first, right? Remember, he he was, mm-hmm. which I thought was kind of an interesting hire that you would hire a defensive guy having the number one pick, having the second overall pick, and it's going to be a quarterback. But I think I think he has trusted CJ now, where maybe the kid gloves are off, and he can focus in on that defense, which again to me pounds the under even even more in this game. Uh, I you know I thought thought it was notable the other day that they three of their four starters on the defensive line did not practice. And I brought that up. It's just curious. N- none of them were on the injury report yesterday. So they're all good to go. Just ended up being a rest day. Um, Mark Andrews questionable. If you go this far, he's practicing in full. He's playing in this game, right? Got it. I think so. What is he for an anytime touchdown? Uh, I saw around 150 plus, yesterday. Yeah, yeah, plus 148. Man. Is, and Dalvin Cook's going to get some carries, right, for, for, for the Ravens as well. That, that's another option. Yeah. Is there any sort of decoy angle? Like, is there like how do you factor the whole likely Andrews? Like, do you approach the – are you just, hey, likely he's off the board. He's out. I'm not touching him because of this. Assuming Andrews is up. Like, let's assume Andrews is up. Do you, do you trust the Andrews props? Like just how do you approach no. that whole thing? Nope. Yeah, I don't either. I don't trust. I don't trust Ravens, man. I don't trust their run game. I don't know how they're going to divvy it up. I never know how to trust the passing game, which tight ends they're going to use. I'm I'm just staying away. The only Ravens one I would consider is Lamar rushing. Like that's that's the only one I would look at. So the a, a Texans Devin Singletary fifty nine and a half seems really low. I. I know the Ravens' defense is really good, but is that a consideration with this weather over? Paul, you're on it too? I'm on it. And uh, also the Ravens, you can beat them on the ground. There's a weak spot of their defense. It is the ground game, and I think Singletary can get to that number, especially yeah. – and you add in the weather, that only helps the case. So, yeah, I like mm-hmm. that number on Singletary at 59 and a half. Here's the only thing where I think yeah. that could screw it up. The 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 Ravens are 14 and three first half against the number, right? 14 two and one first half money line. If Houston gets behind, if the Ravens go out get a quick strike, march down the, the then all of a sudden what happens? Then all of a sudden you start looking rookie head coach, rookie quarterback having to throw the ball. I'm confident in Houston throwing the ball despite the weather, despite the wind, because there's not going to be any snow, not going to be any, any ice, you wouldn't think. Um, that's the only thing that I th- I think Houston's going to throw the ball. I think they're going to they're going to they're going to change it up. Um, and I I would stay away from running props I, in this for Houston. I think it's going to be a Stroud just, you know, getting yards and yards. Now, question is, will they be able to punch it in? So anybody else concerned? that Bobby Slowick is interviewing with Carolina yesterday. He interviewed with Tennessee. He's setting up an interview with Seattle. Like, is, is anybody else worried about that? That's a good point. Where is the work done? Is, it a, is the work done early in the week? That, and then it's, they do my, this stuff late in the week. It doesn't matter. Isn't everything installed? What are you changing at this point? You've played 19 games. It isn't, and you've already played the Texans. By the way, you've played the Texans. This is not a new opponent for them. They beat they beat them out in Week One. Here's the thing: I know 
that the elite play callers, the elite coaching staffs, like even once it's installed, you think they're not still studying tendencies 20 out of 24 hours a day when they're in situations. I I think they are like every waking moment they're, they're prepping for those three hours. So that that's why I, that's the only reason I bring it up. Counterpoint. And maybe yeah. he preps for the interviews on a plane. Get work done on a plane is honestly one of my favorite places to get work done. Like I can grind through stuff. On so I'm just saying like he could be doing work yeah. like on his way to these interviews. Like it's not like, oh, those three hours that travel time is like wasted. Now maybe it's interview prep, but like I also feel like some of that, how much do you have to prep for those specific interviews, right? Like, hey, here's my tape. Like you got to have the interview process, command a room, et cetera, et cetera. But I, I think it's an overblown narrative. I don't think it's a zero, but I think it's a little overblown. And I, I also don't know that if they go in and get the brakes beaten off of them in Baltimore, outside, on the road, where we've seen them struggle as a rookie quarterback, rookie head coach, like Carolina, for example, they struggle there. If they get blown out, I don't know that it's the, oh, and the offense doesn't look good. I, I think the Slowick wasn't prepared no, we'll never know. he was interviewing. It's kind of a cheap narrative, yeah. but. No, I'm I not with that. I just never. And then after, like after the fact, okay, in your past, that once in a lifetime moment, what you've been dreaming of, like for much of your adult life, is it over? You over? Are you onto the game, or are you like, man, I should have answered this way, or in the next interview, I'm mm. gonna do this instead? Like, I just w- when you have job interviews, how much do you think hard about to that block that your, out? Those, yeah, I agree. Just, just this human nature. I mean, as much as you're focused and dialed in, like you're still thinking, I mean, what am I going to wear? Little things are just going to pop up into your head about, you know, getting prepared for those job interviews. Now, I do know some of these are virtual, so maybe it's not as big of a deal. But yeah. to Paul's point, then maybe there's not as much. Can you imagine, you imagine like, one of those offensive coordinators got stuck in a snowstorm and couldn't get back in time for a couple of days? Oh, my God. that would be a snow. Now, now, now you're talking. <laughs> now you got a problem. Yeah, we want okay. chaos. I, I friends. Want, we want chaos. And also, Calling it was a close game in the Zoom. first. Right. I mean, he was they were in the game and in control of that game from it wasn't. You know, they weren't way ahead the whole time. That happened in the second half. But coming from behind in a playoff game outside against a very good defense, that'll be a challenge for them if that's the situation. So we'll see. Yeah. Hey, if you're stuck at home in the snow like I am, don't forget to watch us on Twitch and YouTube. This is BetQL Daily presented by BetMGM. Coming up next, it's Jay Gruden versus RG3. Which side are you on? We go off the board next. We'll be right back with BetQL Daily, presented by BetMGM on the BetQL Network. Welcome back to BetQL Daily, presented by BetMGM. Joe Ostrowski, Jim Rodriguez, Aaron Hawksworth with you. And I just had to pull this up. The back and forth between RG3 and Jay Gruden is so good. Every every time you think it's died off, there's more. And I'm here for all of it. So just a little backstory. 
I arrived in Washington and covered the team like a week after Jay Gruden announced that Kirk Cousins was going to be the starter and RG3 was not. So I'd be out at practice and RG3 would just always be off to the side kind of pouting. He was very bitter. Well, it appears he has not let it go and cannot accept the fact that he was injured, he wasn't good, he couldn't get rid of the ball quick enough, and that maybe Kirk was better. Because he continues to blame Jay Gruden. And they're just going back and forth. Um, One of my favorites was... So RG3 is basically is like, come on, you have a free invite to come on the show. Like, let's go, guy. And Jay Gruden's like, you really want to play this game? This is all happening on X if you somehow missed it. So RG3 responds to that by saying, I'm not playing any games. I'm retired. <laughs> you have a free invite to come on the show and discuss face-to-face. I know where all your bodies are buried, Jay. Don't play with me. By the way, Jay used to go out quite a bit when he was the head coach. Hopefully he's not listening. But I'd be out at the bars on a Friday with my friends, and Jay Gruden would be sitting at the bar buying everyone shots, and I'd be like, shouldn't this guy be, like, game planning right now? But that's another story for another day. But I thought of that when RG3 said, I know where your bodies are buried, because I want to know what he's going to bring up and mention in that situation. So they just keep going back and forth, Joe. Are you are you enjoying this? Yeah, it's it's been quite entertaining. Like, I so RG three had some. He, he's like recording videos, like having long form stories about what's going on and how this went down, that went down. I think you're right, though. In the end, it's just a situation where a player can't just accept what happened. And Gruden's right. Like he's brought brought up. It, it, on social media like Cleveland and yeah. it, it was a deleted tweet but it's basically him saying accept it Kirk was better how'd Cleveland go how'd Baltimore go you know like he was hanging around Baltimore as a backup but he wasn't playing much but yeah like he was never a starter again like he was done after two years that's just what happened it it's the story's oldest time that's what happens in the NFL quarterbacks get hurt and some of them Never rebound. Some of them have really serious injuries and they're never the same guy. Uh, it's happened. And, like, it's not like Jay Gruden ruined his entire career. There are a lot mm-hmm. of players that go somewhere else, change the scenery, coaching staff, teammates, and then they shine. Like, RJ, RG3 is just blaming Gruden for everything. Like, no, you had other chances. Yeah, you could almost blame Mike Shanahan for ruining RG3's career. But, I will. Um, Agreed. I yes. yes. You know what I mean? Uh, I mean, I don't know. To, to me, RG3 has now officially graduated to media member. He is now leading the three ring yes. circus. Come on my show. Let me post this. I'm going to be, hey, if anybody needs a backup quarterback at the beginning of the season, I'm available. It's, it's you know, in, in wrestling, it's called a cheap pop, right? You know, where you sit there and you say, hey, it's good to be, what town are we in? It's good to be in Cleveland. <sighs> that, 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 that's what it is. It's just a cheap pop by RG3 trying to sell his, you know, RG3 Incorporated. And, you know, Jay Gruden knows it. But at the same time, Jay Gruden knows, you know, numbers don't lie. 35, 49, and 1 in, in, in his time with the Washington football team. Uh, 
both guys just need to go on with their lives. Seems like Jay has, uh, but RG3, he's got to sell those likes, clicks, and and impressions, right? Yeah. Yeah. From my good friend Ben Standing, who's come on the show, he's been covering Washington and this team for years. He said, in 2014, his last year as a starter, talking about RG3, Washington was ranked around 26 in sacks. The very next year, with Kirk Cousins as the quarterback, they ranked around 12. So it's like the numbers don't lie, you know, and sometimes it's hard to take a look in the mirror and take responsibility and accountability. But I, I also agree, if any coach is to blame for what happened to RG3, you can look at what happened in college and what happened under Shanahan's watch. I don't know if J- if this was all Jay Gruden's fault, why didn't he succeed with any other team? I mean, there's just really no other way to put this, right? I've And, and also, there's just saying Kirk was better. I mean, I know it cuts like a knife, and it, oh God, that's got to kill him. It's the facts. Kirk's still playing. Kirk's doing interviews with Ian McMillan about the Falcons. <laughs> there's, there's, people want Kirk Cousins to play football for their team right now. I mean, I, I said a couple years. It was one year. RG3 had one year at 22 yeah. years old, and it's been over. It's been over ever since. So, I mean, that those are the facts. I, you know, I still look back at that draft. I was like, wow. Washington was so ahead of their time because this is something I've called for too. Like, if you like two quarterbacks, why not draft two quarterbacks? If you have a quarterback, why can't you draft a quarterback? Why can't you keep drafting quarterbacks until you know for sure that you have that position figured out? And Washington got torched, torched at the time. I remember the PTI guys were like killing them for drafting two quarterbacks. They did the right thing. The second quarterback was the good one. Who's if you've still got playing. two quarterbacks, you don't have a quarterback, right? That's the old, <laughs> man, see, 1950, see, three clouds of dust, see, two quarterbacks equal zero, see, man. When I went side outside, yeah, I know. Yeah, see, grab, grab, grab. What the hell's going on out here? <laughs> I love it. Good good impersonation there. Uh, all right, I think we put a bow on this RG3 Jay Gruden thing. I hope Jay Gruden does go on a show. I respect the fact he's not backing down. He did delete that tweet, which he should have just left up, in my opinion. But the guy can trash talk, and he is not scared. So I got. I, I think Jay Gruden should. It, I think Jay Gruden and Cat Williams should get together, and they should just you know spill the tea on everybody. I think that's what they should do. <laughs> Where are all the bodies buried? We want all the tea spilled. All right. Meanwhile, Mario, we've had this show in the rundown for a while. Mario Cristobal lands at Fenwick, Chicago area private school on a helicopter, Joe. I know you've got thoughts on this story. Um, Yeah. Mario Cristobal is a clown. It's fun. It's a funny (laughs) picture. And it impressed all the high school kids and all that. But, uh, but yeah, it, it was kind of funny, but I'm sure it was the story of the day. Like, is he going to land that player? I find that interesting. I, I've been to Fenwick before. I actually saw, you know who I saw there? I saw um, Corey Maggetti beat the crap out of my high school oh, there. Wow. Yeah, because he went to Fenwick. Like when he was a okay. freshman, when he was a freshman, it was like, whoa. I liked him. That's the... That's a man out there. Like all these little little boys, like that's a man. Like he was a man at like 13 years old. Like it was ridiculous. But 
But yeah, like Fenwick kids, yeah, they have money. That's why Paul put in there like private school in the Chicago area. So um, I would assume that they were a little impressed with it. I, I would say so. I'm sure that's worked for him in the past. Listen, Mario Cristobal is taking a page from the master. Down here in South Florida, Nick Saban would just come in and swoop all the talent in South Florida, and he would always come in on a helicopter. He would land Mm. it in those high schools all over South Florida. So every coach down here learned at the foot of the master, Nick Saban. That's an old Nick Saban move. And and, and Mario, tell you what, Mario needs to get it done because – the pitchforks, speaking of which, Joe, are out after that non-kneel against Georgia Tech. I mean, it's kind of a a smart recruiting move, isn't it? Right. Like, which yeah. high school kid is not going to be impressed? Like, yeah, I'm getting in that helicopter. Well, all the kids and, and with the full NIL thing, guys, I'm sure there, there there's got to be some kid going. Hey, isn't that last year's model helicopter? I I got the new one. What is this old? What is this 2019 helicopter you got rolling yeah. in? Here? Get out of here! Take the helicopter to the PJ. Like, just make <laughs> it a right. couple trips. That's right. That's right. <laughs> Man, the heat's on balls. You're right, especially after that embarrassing moment that everybody was laughing at. And you go back to back years. You're Miami, three and five in a week conference. It's this is the year. If he doesn't win, he's out. Yeah. And the, the portal's been good to him, but you can tell these are the things now he's because Cristobal isn't that kind of a guy. And now all of a sudden to see him getting all the helicopters and stuff, you can tell it's 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 desperation time out here. Yep. Gotta give credit to the Kelsey brothers for making fun of Simone Biles' husband. What is <laughs> what? his name? We don't even need to mention it. I mean, Jonathan the guy Owens, said right? That he is the catch in the marriage, I that is awful. And he still claims to this day that he didn't know who Simone Biles was on Instagram when they first started talking. Get out of here. Lies. Lies. Oh, you don't believe that? It's hard. I mean, it's not even like a common name, right? Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, listen... if, if if anybody sends me, you know, the, the first thing when I meet somebody, anybody, what's their LinkedIn, what's their Instagram, what's their ex? Come on, you tell me that, that Simone, he didn't know who Simone Biles. Fine, let's say if you're, you're going LinkedIn, to somebody's LinkedIn when you first meet them, we got to have a long talk. That's, that's but, a J Rod. But, but you got to right do there. it in a way where you don't click the profile because then they know you saw their profile. Then you, you got to kind of click it on the outside where all the, you know, all the Jay Cassans pop up and you say, okay, I'll bet QL, that's the Jay Cassan guy. If you, then if you click so it, Jake, you know what's that the, I was in what's there, the research cool. move? Like, it, you just go into these things blind. You Google what what's it like out there on the streets these days? I don't even know. Google, hey, man. You can't just be typing hey, names my, into Google. My player, player jersey blind? is in the rafters. I'm married ten years out of the business. No. I'm just the GM now. No, you you go the Instagram or Twitter route. I think TikTok is also a feasible search mm-hmm. method Jake, now too. Jake, we're all like but. 35 plus, brother. Yes, TikTok, I know, but Instagram. It's, I'm yeah, just saying, no. LinkedIn is insane. You're doing LinkedIn. We we're in, we're putting um, in an institution. You know, it's also it thorough, Jake Hassan. Thorough. Oh, uh, come on. Check out check out Jake's LinkedIn right now. His banner Listen. photo quality. Listen, as somebody who had to do some LinkedIn research about somebody who comes up on the show a lot recently, I get it. But you can't be doing it for the oh, first time. You did it. 
Wow. I thought LinkedIn was like the geriatric dating site. This is BetQL Daily presented by BetMGM. We'll see if our guest, John Daigle, is going to run it back with Nico Collins' props next on the BetQL Network. I'm jumping on his LinkedIn. We'll be 